You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointed episode of the Assembly Call. As tonight, your Indiana Hoosiers fall in Columbus, Ohio, 71 to 56 to the Ohio State Buckeyes in a game that was far too reminiscent of the Michigan game. That game also featured Indiana coming off of an emotional home loss against a really good team. Of course, in that case, Duke. This game featured Indiana coming off an emotional home court loss to Purdue. And in both games, Indiana came out sluggish, fell down early, and then essentially played the opposition even from there on out. But the poor start uh, doomed Indiana against Michigan. It doomed Indiana today. And now the Hoosiers dip below 500 in Big Ten play. And we will break it all down for you here on this edition of the Assembly Call. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. And let's start tonight's show as we start every show. And that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And tonight's banner moment came late in the second half. Indiana wasn't able to really put forth any type of run in the second half. They would you know, occasionally go on a little four-point spurt and get it to 14 points. But every time they did that, Ohio State seemed to you know, hit a layup or make a three-pointer. They always had an answer. And finally, Indiana was able to get it under 14. It was 63 to 48. Zach McRoberts got a nice little rebound, dribbled it up court, uh, you know, uh, slowed it down a little bit. It was a nice, safe decision by Zach, didn't force it. And then he found Devontae for a three-pointer, and that made it 63 to 51. And I think, believe at that point, it was Devontae's fourth three-pointer of the game. And it was. He finished uh, four or five from downtown. On the night, Devontae ended up scoring 20 points uh, on six of 10 shooting. And on a night when, uh, you know, Indiana's other guards really struggled, Robert Johnson, Al Durham, and Josh Newkirk, especially, as we will talk about, Devontae Green at least provided a little bit of a sign of life, especially in the second half for Indiana. And while you don't want to put too much stock into, you know, somebody's play in a game that was basically decided early on. I mean, even though it never got to really bad 20, 30 point territory, Indiana never really threatened. But still, you know, Devontae Green now in two out, two out of Indiana's last three games and, and two straight road games has played pretty well and essentially been Indiana's best guard in those games. And so I think, you know, one of the topics of conversation coming out of this game will be, you know, do you just start playing Devontae Green more? Certainly on nights like shirts, uh, as well as sweatshirts and long sleeve shirts uh, that you should check out. They also have our official assembly call t-shirts, which if you haven't gotten yet, uh, I recommend. And they also have a number of really interesting designs that are inspired by unique elements of the Hoosier state. So they've got something for everybody at HoosierProud.com. The second reason is they're very philanthropic. Hoosier Proud is committed to supporting Indiana-based charities. If you go to their website, HoosierProud.com, you will see the Indiana-based charities that, that they support. And the number three reason to visit HoosierProud.com, you, because you are an Assembly Call listener, get a discount. It's 15% off. Use the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y. It's not just off one shirt or off the Assembly Call t-shirts. It's off your entire order, whatever you put in your shopping cart, 15% off all of it. Check them out at HoosierProud.com. 
All right, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And we start with the bottoms line from Andy Bottoms, brought to us by iustore.shop. You know, like you said, it was felt a lot like that, you know, Duke into the Michigan game as as the Purdue into the Ohio State one, you know, played really well at home against the top team and just came out flat. Um, and I think in some ways it was it was inevitable um, given the number of games this team has played in 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 succession, given the kinds of minutes that guys have been forced to play. Um, doesn't really make it feel any better to to watch them really get you know, steamrolled early in the game, just give up so many points in the paint. It's a little bit different than what they've, you know, done earlier in the season where they were getting lit up from the outside. You know, in this game, they ended up giving up 40 points in the paint. I think that was 20, I think more than half of those in the first half. I want to say 22 of them. Um, and, and particularly early in the game, I mean, it was just a, you know, Ohio state was getting the ball wherever they wanted it. And by the time IU kind of snapped out of that, they played him even the rest of the game, but it was really um, too late at that point. You know, we got on twenty-five to ten and, and played him even from that point forward. So, um, you know, it's it, you know a disappointing game, although one that probably somewhat predictable. Maybe not exactly the way that it happened, but um, it's uh, it, you know I think you just saw a lot of guys that didn't have a whole lot left in the tank after the Purdue game, but physically and emotionally and. Um, I think that's going to happen when you're going to play some of these back-to-back games. And this team just doesn't have the depth or the leadership to really be able to to withstand some of those kinds of things right now. And in, in some ways, it's not all that shocking, um, even though it's a little bit disappointing. So, you know, it's a, a chance to kind of regroup for another big game at home. This, you know, this kind of three-game gauntlet will be uh, will be over, and maybe they can salvage the last one. But you know, for tonight, there wasn't a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of reason for hope uh, outside of a couple guys. And now we will get Ryan's rant brought to us by TheBigLead.com. Yeah, uh, my rant is the fact that um, I now, from four years of listening to broadcast, know more about Andrew Dockich than I do about members of my own family. And I'm I'm kind of happy that I never have to listen to another game where he's participating. It's nothing against Andrew. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But I just, I, I'm so sick and tired of hearing about him. Uh I think at this point we know everything about his junior and senior prom. I know what kind of a tux he wore. Like seriously, guys, we've got other interests in, in basketball games, but I, I think that the, the main thing you have to talk about tonight, I, I thought another guy or a guy who played his, his guts out was Freddie McSwain again. And we're starting to see that several games in a row. Uh, I know obviously we're all going to talk about Devontae green, uh, having probably the best game of anyone, but Freddie McSwain played 25 minutes. Um, and his plus minus unofficially was zero uh, considering the game they just played and getting beat by 15 on the road. Uh, that's, that's pretty darn good. And um, you know, the stat final stats aren't updated yet, but that's what he was uh, at, at one point uh, late, but 9.6 rebounds. I know he was three of nine from the field, missed a lot of easy layups, but the effort was there from Freddie and that, that motor that we've come to expect was there. Um, so I think he and Devontae Green are really the the two positives you get out of this. Juwan Morgan, I think he's always going to be a guy you look at and say, hey, you know what, uh, Juwan did what he could. Uh, it just felt like there was so much attention on him tonight that he made some mistakes. He had four turnovers. Um, you know, didn't finish at the rim as well as we expect him to. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, Ohio State was set up completely to stop him. And and they did a really good job. You have to give him credit for that. So uh, Juwan had a, you know, a, a decent line uh, of 15 points, six rebounds, uh, and two assists and a steal. And I think at the beginning of the year, if you said you were going to get that from Juwan in a game, you would have said, oh, that's a nice game. But 
based on what we've come to expect from him, um, you know, that, that was a bit of a letdown. Um, but again, Ohio state completely geared to stop him. And that that's what allowed a guy like Freddie McSwain to play pretty well and have some openings. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms breaking down Indiana's loss to Ohio State. Uh, you know, and Andy kind of mentioned this, but with Juwan, I mean, he was five of his first six and then goes one for five after that. Had a lot of those shots blocked. I mean, he looked tired. You know, and I think he was trying to force stuff too to make something happen. He was, so, and, which, and, which, which, which and he kind of had to. Leader. Yeah. yeah, he, he kind of had Absolutely. to. Absolutely. You don't, you don't look at it as a negative. I mean, he was trying to make something happen. Yeah, he was. And, you know, look, for if Indiana was going to win this game on the road against an Ohio State team that is clearly better than people thought they were going to be. But at this point, I mean, they're obviously legitimate. They are a good team. They've got some talent. They play well together for Indiana to win this game. They were going to need Juwan to do at a minimum what he did tonight. You know, 15 points, uh, grab four offensive rebounds, you know, do some of those things. They were obviously going to need Robert Johnson to play well and and to possibly even do what he did at Ohio State last year when he made five three pointers and had twenty some points, you know. And for Robert to only come through with two points on one of six shooting really just killed any chances Indiana had, you know, because you think coming into this game, okay, if Robert can give you 15, 16, 17 points, you got a shot. You know, in a lot of ways, that's the difference in the game. You don't want to pin it all on one guy, but when you're a senior leader, when you've been producing at the level that Robert has. And when you're so thin in terms of offensive production, that's what you need. And for him to be out there for 34 minutes and only score two points, Indiana just doesn't have enough offense from other guys. And so that's where Devontae Green's 20 points ended up just being points that kept this from being embarrassing rather than the kind of points that could be the surprise off the bench that help you win a game like this. And, you know, unfortunately, it's been a theme that we've seen too often uh, with, you know, Indiana's guards for sure, and especially the senior guards in some key moments not coming through. And I think Robert's role in that has has been overplayed somewhat, and people have gotten a little bit too upset with him because he's really made a lot of big shots this year. But this certainly will not go down as one of his better games. But you certainly would want a guy like Josh Newkirk to step up a senior and give you more on the road than zero points and zero assists in 15 minutes. I mean, you are just not going to win games on the road when your senior guards are playing like that. And so, you know, again, you know, Ryan, maybe as we, you know, dive into a little bit more Devontae Green talk here, because it is the story of the game. Obviously, you know, Archie wants to continue to win games and he wants to play guys who earn minutes and are going to do things the way that he wants them done. Um, but given the fact that I think Devontae has shown growth in two out of the last three games, he did not play well against Purdue, only played four minutes, you know, clearly drew the ire of his coach, but bounce back today, earn those minutes. I think at some point it's probably time to, to, to give him a little bit of a longer leash and just see what you've got, because it would be different if Josh Newkirk was playing more consistently, but he's really, I mean, his no-show performances are also get, are, are almost getting more frequent now. And, uh, you know, are you just stunting whatever growth may be there in Devontae Green if you don't give him more minutes and just roll with some mistakes? You didn't really throw that out to anybody, but... Uh, no, I'm throwing it to you. It's to you. Okay. I, look, I, I think that, that that's the way you got to go. You, you At this point, we talked about early in the season, there's no point in holding the young guys back. You might as well throw them out there. And 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 again, you know Josh Newkirk's limitations. I, I he plays hard. I tonight I I didn't think he gave a great effort, but typically he plays really hard um and tries his best, but that's not the standard of Indiana basketball, you know, and Devontae Green at least has more upside and there's a chance he can help you. And at the very least, maybe he'll learn some lessons for next year, you know, and um 
so I would say, yeah, I think I think it's time just to just to let him play more. I don't know if you if you turn him loose and let him play thirty minutes a game, but you know one of the major things that's been a problem with Devontae has been turnovers. He played twenty nine minutes tonight, didn't turn the ball over. Um, and scored 20 points, had two assists and two rebounds. So, you know, he was much smarter on the floor. He was much confident on the floor. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that it doesn't hurt you at this point of the season to turn over more minutes to him. I'm not saying necessarily you give him 30 minutes a game, but I think that you uh, you give him more uh, leeway, you know, and and not maybe not yank him every time there's one bad play. You You, you kind of give him a little more rope. I mean, there is a fine line there because you do have to maintain a standard. He can't just go out and loaf on defense and get minutes like no one's saying that. But as long as he's, you know, playing well, doing, you know, playing hard, doing what you're asking him to do, not taking terrible shots. I, you know, that that's kind of what I'm saying is give him a little bit of a longer leash. Andy, you want to chime in on the uh, the frightening <laughs> possibility of, of turning over the keys, so to speak, to Devontae Green? Andy, you're muted. Sorry, I thought I hit it right. Um, yeah, I think you saw early in the game. I mean, Archie subbed more probably in the first 12 minutes than he usually does within a half. Um, just trying to find any combination that would work. And, and you know, I thought really settled on Devontae, and I thought rightfully started him in the second half, and then he played well enough. I mean, I don't think anybody thinks that it's going to be, uh, you know, smooth sailing if you all of a sudden turn around and give him a ton of minutes. But the flip side of that is there's, there's not really any reason to – you know, to, to continue doing what you're doing either. Cause it's really not working. And, um, it, it feels like with Newkirk, it, you, you have a pretty good idea early on of whether he's going to, he's going to provide something or not. And I mean, I'd rather be in choppy waters than sinking in the Harbor. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Newkirk, I thought took, took as a number of guys did in the beginning of the game, didn't get the ball inside to Juwan went far too long without him touching it and settled for, you know, mid range jump shots, three point jump shots off the dribble, which is just not where these guys are. Again, I mean, this is not where this team is going to score points. And so, um, you know, I thought he played played really poorly and, and Devontae are in the minutes. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. There's a reason to do anything else at this point. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense, which I guess probably will lead to maybe some discussion about Clifton Moore later, because I think that's a question that keeps coming up as well. So um, I think probably a little bit different set of circumstances there, but we'll we can talk more about that later. Yep. All right. Coming up on the assembly call, I will point out tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. We will go inside the numbers. Uh, That is all next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Hey, just a real quick note here. The next time that you are going to shop online for IU gear, use the URL iustore.shop. That will take you to the official IU online store where they have anything you could possibly want. Candy stripe pants, the Script Indiana warm-up shirt, all kinds of IU gear. And that URL, iustore.shop, is actually our affiliate URL. So when you use it and buy something, we get paid a commission. So it's a great way for you to shop for the IU gear that you need and to support the assembly call at the same time. Again, the URL is iustore.shop. Please bookmark it and use it the next time you're looking to buy IU gear. We appreciate it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips breaking down Indiana's 15-point loss to the Ohio State Buckeyes up in Columbus. 
It is time now for tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. And we've spent some time so far on the show talking about Devontae Green, talking about Juwan Morgan, even Freddie McSwain. Another guy who I thought had, uh, you know, just another good game for what he does uh, was Zach McRoberts. He finished with five points. You know, and that, that's a meaningful moment there at the very start of the game uh, where Zach knocks down a couple of shots, a couple of jump shots off of passes. He has been really, really effective as a catch and shoot guy this year. It's actually been one of Indiana's most efficient sources of offense. Now, it hasn't been very plentiful, but it's been efficient. And he knocked down a couple of jumpers, was not able to hit him in the second half. Um, so, so didn't quite keep that going, but added two assists, a couple of boards, three steals, no turnovers exactly what you would expect from Zach McRoberts. And there was one play in particular that, you know, and there's three or four of these every game that kind of sum up Zach McRoberts. I mean, you talk about a guy who's consistent and just goes out and does what he does. Uh, but Ohio State, at the beginning of the second half, they came out on a nice little run, and it looked like they might blow things open. Uh, Robert Johnson got beat badly on, on on a backdoor play. It's 44 to 25. Indiana doesn't score. They come down and there's a rebound that's up for grabs. And as we've seen many times over the last few weeks, Zach McRoberts literally just laid out to tap the rebound. He didn't grab it, but he just tapped it ahead. It saved the possession. Uh, I don't remember who ended up getting it, but it would have been Ohio State ball with a chance to go up 21. Instead, Devontae Green hits a three-pointer going the other way. It's 44 to 28. On the very next possession, McRoberts grabbed a tough rebound. And so in kind of this critical juncture of the second half where Ohio State's about to blow it open, some hustle and some toughness from Zach McRoberts just kind of stemmed the tide of some momentum. And obviously it didn't lead to anything, but you know what? Those are the kind of plays that you, if you can stack enough of them on top of each other, you can make a comeback. Indiana wasn't able to do that but it wasn't for a lack of effort, certainly from a guy like Zach McRoberts. And Andy, you know, feel free to chime in with another moment if you have one. But I also think this is a good time to discuss, you know, the comment that Dan Dockich did make about Zach McRoberts being the second best player on Indiana. And, and I would say Robert Johnson is just because of his ability to score and his underrated defense, which I, I feel like people still kind of forget about and don't give him enough credit for. Uh, but after that, there is no one who you can count on more than Zach McRoberts. And while he doesn't score, he does all these other things. And it's kind of a broken record because we talk about it every game. But in that sense, it's really refreshing because there aren't too many guys that you know what you're going to get from game to game. And Zach is certainly one of them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is that he's become a guy that you can rely on and uh, and, and know what you're going to get on a game in a game out basis. I mean, we we talk about this feels like all the time about just the general inconsistency of most guys on this team, not named Juwan Morgan, and 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 we still have no idea what this team might look like if if all the guys who have uh, played well at various times during the year played well at the same time. And at this point, I'm starting to think we're never going to find out what that looks like. Um, but I do think Zach is a guy who you you, you do know what you're going to get. He's going to play hard. Um, you know, continues to show. Uh, show more offensively, you know, was, you know, again, came out, I think one of the other games recently, you know, came out really was aggressive early on and kind of faded from an offensive standpoint. But, um, but overall, I mean, I, I thought he played well. I don't, I don't know that other moments uh, particularly stand out probably more to, uh, to forget than remembering this one. Well, you know, I've got one other one that I made note of early in the game when it was 27 to 10. Justin Smith had a really nice drive into the lane. You know, it was three or four dribbles, had a nice shot fake. He absorbed some contact, scored, uh, but he missed the free throw. And, you know, again, you're looking for progress from some of these young guys, and that was a shot that he definitely wouldn't have made early in the season. It was impressive, and I kind of hoped that it would spearhead him a little bit. Unfortunately, he finished with just those two points uh, and really didn't get himself going and airballed a three-pointer, uh, but I was at least impressed uh, with that uh, with that shot right there. 
Um, and 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 there were a couple of sequences in the first half where you know Jawan Morgan did what Jawan Morgan does, which is just kind of put the team on his back and 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 you know score four straight points when basically no one else is doing anything. Um, and you know so that was nice to see, but. Yeah, I mean you're you're right, Andy. There there are many more moments to forget tonight uh, than there were to highlight. So, uh, but I but I did want to take that opportunity to talk about Zach McRoberts because you know that that's the kind of stuff. I mean, I really feel like this is the kind of game that could have gotten really away from Indiana. And you know, I mean, I guess you say to their credit, you know, that they kept fighting, that they they stuck with it again and played Ohio State even. And I feel like plays like that by guys like McRoberts help hold the other guys accountable to keep playing even though you're down by 15 17 19 points and so i think that's why it's important even in you know what is becoming a bit of a lost season may not make it to postseason anything like that i think you're seeing indiana put up more fight in some of these second halves than maybe you saw last year or or or, you know than than you might expect um because you have guys like zach mcroberts who just you know are gonna go out there and give effort no matter what and that's gonna rub off on the other guys so yeah, well, I think, you know, there were a number of times in the game, it felt like, I, you know, again, I don't know that IU, they never really got to a point where they could put any real game pressure on Ohio State, but there were occasions where uh, they got, they started to get a little momentum, they might have scored a couple possessions in a row, and then they could just never get another stop. Their Ohio State always had a basket to kind of keep them at arm's length, and I mean, same thing held true, and I think they got it to, you know, 12 or 13 there down the stretch, and um you know, just need more guys that were, it, you know, it's kind of odd that, you know, one of the things during this stretch that you really could hang your hat on with IU is, you know, defense and, uh, you know, some of the ways that they did things well on that end of the floor. And I thought that kind of let him down uh, tonight. E- even Zach, as you said, was was really active, but I thought he struggled a little bit. I thought it was interesting, you know, speaking to him that they they started him on Bates Diop. Um, but and kind of see why probably trying to keep Morgan out of foul trouble and some of those kinds of things. But I think, you know, those kinds of things, putting him in that position shows how much Archie trusts him defensively and, and what he can try to do. I mean, he started in the last few games on miles bridges and on, uh, and on, and Kata Bates Diop. So, um, don't know how successful those, those were all the time, but uh, I do think it, it speaks so much to what Archie thinks of him and, and what he can do defensively. Yeah. And, you know, to be clear, you know, I don't, I don't think Zach McRoberts is the kind of guy that on a good Indiana team is going to be playing 30 minutes. You know, he's a guy who's a role player that you stick in there for a few minutes to give you energy. But I think he's filling a very important role on this team, this first Archie Miller team, by helping him set the standard for what is expected. And I think that's why he is so valuable, especially in the first year for a new coach who's kind of trying to change the culture a little bit. So, Ryan, do you have anything that you want to add here before we jump into to numbers? No, I mean, Zach's Zach's doing a great job. It's just, it's a problem that they have to rely on him so heavily at this point. I mean, tonight he pulled the trigger on a few shots because he felt like he had to, Um, but he just felt like he's not confident doing that. But the fact that he played, you know, as many minutes as anybody else is, is that's a problem this late in the season. I think that it might be time for Archie to open up the bench a little bit and, maybe get Clifton more in some more action. I know there's a reason Clifton's not playing that we don't know about, but let, let's let's see some more guys get in here at this point of the season. You're not fighting for really anything other than an NIT berth. Let's slide some other guys in there and and see what we can get out of them. You might as well at this point. I mean, I feel like we do know why Clifton's not playing because he's not practicing well. I mean, I, th- I feel I like mean, if he I was, mean, he'd sure. be out there. But, you know, a guy like Justin Smith, got some action and is now playing better. And I think that you can do that with Clifton more. Sometimes it's not always about practicing great first 
and then playing. And, and I know that's not Archie's philosophy. What I'm saying, sometimes if you give a guy a taste of something, he'll work harder for it. You know, as for now, it doesn't feel like, um, you know, there's, there, you got to use the carrot sometimes, not the stick. And, and I think that maybe if you put a guy in for a couple minutes and, and get him some action, maybe he'll start to work harder in practice to try and get back there. Um, you know, that's just my theory on it. And, and um, I don't know if, if that's the issue or not, but uh, I would say, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see some, I'd like to see some more guys out there. I mean, I think we all would love to see him play more. So, you know, don't get me wrong there. Um, and that's, that's probably a fair point. It'd be nice to see what he can do. And maybe, maybe he'll get more time as we go down the stretch here. I'm Jared Morris. You're listening to the assembly call. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. Andy, let's go inside the numbers. Uh, and Ryan, certainly if any numbers jump out to you, uh, hop in here. You know, I think one number on the positive side that you look at, Indiana only turns the ball over 13.3% of the time uh, today, only eight turnovers. So that was good. And, you know, four of them came from Jawan Morgan, who ended this game with the best turnover rate on the team. So he had a really uncharacteristic night with the ball. But the other guys really did a nice job. And, you know, that's one thing the guards, you know, they didn't turn it over. Now they didn't create a whole lot. So, you know, <laughs> to a certain extent, maybe you want a few turnovers if it's going to lead to some more creation. Um, but when Devontae Green plays 29 minutes and doesn't turn it over at all, you're probably going to see a little bit of an improvement in terms of turnovers. But Andy, the one stat that Indiana has absolutely been able to hang its hat on all season long, and when it plays, you know, when they have any chance to compete, they're doing this well, it's two-point field goal percentage. You know, again, Indiana doesn't shoot well from three-point range, 31.6. That's actually better than what they've shot on the season. But from two-point range tonight, Indiana, 38.9%. And, you know, some of those were Freddie McSwain missing some easy looks. Some of them were, were Juwan Morgan there later in the game when he looked a little bit fatigued, just not able to maybe get the same lift, maybe trying to force things. Uh, but that's really uncharacteristic for Indiana to shoot that poorly. And when they do that from two-point range, given how bad they shoot from three-point range, and again, how bad they shot from the free-throw line, I mean, they just they have no chance when they do that. Yeah, I thought Ohio State, you know, it, it's funny. You would think that this is a team that IU would be able to to score uh, on with, uh, not easily, but, um, you know, would be able to score on just because it's not a team with a, a lot of size compared to, you know, Purdue, where IU shot incredibly well from two-point range. Uh, in, in that game, I think the difference was you really saw Ohio State play the the kind of ball screens and and screen screen roll type scenarios a lot differently. I mean, they basically just collapsed everybody in the paint. Morgan Morgan ended up with a, a charge uh, in the first half on a play like that, where basically everybody else from Ohio State just stood in the lane and waited for him. So even though it wasn't his man, and and they let him try to slip to the basket, I mean, they're just all waiting on him, just daring IU to make shots. Um, and I thought they played that you know those scenarios a lot better than uh, than Purdue did. The other day, and and you know, I quite honestly, it's surprising more teams aren't doing the same thing because there's there's no reason to believe that this team's going to really burn somebody from the outside. And so, um, you know, I thought that led to some of the two point struggles, even though there wasn't a ton of size uh, in there for Ohio State. But I thought far too often IU settled for jump shots early in the game, and um, by the time they really started to play through Juwan Morgan later in the half, it was really too late. Um, so, you know, those things those things were troubling. I mean, you look, you know, the senior guards one out of ten. Uh, from the floor, 0 for 5 from three-point range. Um, you know, Johnson did end up with four assists um, and, and no turnovers, so that part of his game was positive and, and four rebounds. But, you know, he really he really struggled, just looked like a guy who all the minutes, you know, I think he was playing coming into the game 85% of the minutes, probably even more than that in Big Ten play. Um, he just looked like a guy who had all finally caught up with him, um, just didn't have a lot of explosiveness to the basket and um, just looked kind of kind of out of it, quite frankly. And, uh, you know, Al Durham taking six shots. You know, Freddie missed a lot of shots around the basket, but I thought he rebounded well from um, 
you know, pretty, a pretty poor first half and one of the, you know, kind of worst, like four possession sequences I can remember somebody having, um, but, yeah. you know, kind of continued to fight and uh, was able to do some things in the second half, but, you know, just a lot of struggles there. You know, free throw shooting again, 10 of 18, just, just killer. Um, but the turnovers only one in the second half. IU got 15 points off the turnovers. Rebounding has been another one when you point to games that IU's not done well and they've been uh, they've been hurt on the glass. That was the case. They almost got doubled up in the first half, I think. Here's um, one for you. Uh, IU without Devontae Green, 2 of 14 from three-point range. That's... Ooh, that seems bad. Oof. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to mention free throws too, but 10 of 18, you leave eight points at the line. You just can't do that on the road and win games, you know? So I, I just, that's where yeah, I'm you just. I mean, the shooting numbers when you I mean, take... Our free throw is shooting is getting worse as the season goes on. I mean, yes. This is, this is terrible. It seems hard to believe, but but here we are. I mean, I think the rest of the team outside of Juwan and Devontae, this would be a good test of my math here, was 8 out of 34, I think. From the field? From, yeah, from the field. 8 of 34 oh, in total. Al was 1 yeah. for 6, Robert 1 for 6, Justin 1 for 4, so yeah. I mean, Freddie took 9 shots. He was 3 out of 3 for 9. But yeah, I mean, rebounding was... Um, you know, it was a struggle, you know, pretty or not pretty. Ohio State had 30 defensive rebounds. Um, that's somewhat a function of just how many shots IU missed. IU only, you know, got like 25% of their yeah. misses. You know, and you, you really wait, let me let me do one more number and then I'll say what I was gonna say, but we'll, I'll save it for the next segment. Um, but one of the number that jumped out is the blocks tonight. So Ohio State had six block shots, Indiana with no block shots. And a big part of the reason why Indiana's defense has been better this year is they typically get a decent amount of block shots. I mean, Indiana's 44th in the country in block percentage. Now, you lost some of that when Deron Davis went out because he had the highest block percentage on the team. But Juwan Morgan has been a guy getting block shots. You know, Freddie usually gets some. And then usually you have a couple other guys come over. But no block shots tonight for Indiana. And again, I think... You know, those are kind of some of those stats that when you're a little bit fatigued, you're a little bit tired, you're not maybe quite as active, you don't jump quite as quick, you know, your recognition maybe isn't quite there. And so you don't get some of those block shots, uh, you know, and so all that stuff kind of added up to uh, to what we saw tonight. Um, all right, let's go to our next segment here. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Freddie McSwain and Zach McRoberts and just kind of what it means that they're getting so many minutes for this Indiana team. Um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about whatever else is on your mind, guys, uh, as we finish up our breakdown uh, of Indiana's 71-56 loss to Ohio State. That's next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and every Thursday night on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. You can also view all of our live broadcasts right on our homepage at assemblycall.com. I am Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we are talking about Indiana's 15-point loss to Ohio State. And... You know, we've spent some time, obviously, in the, in the Purdue game, we talked a lot about Freddie McSwain and how well he played. And tonight, you know, he gets 25 minutes to a certain extent by default because you don't have Deron Davis and, and no one else stepped up and seized those minutes. And while Freddie goes three for nine and made several mistakes, several really bad passes, missed some of those bunnies, you know, on a night when no one else produces, he's your third leading scorer and your leading rebounder. So while you look at it and you say, you know, how can, you know, Freddie McSwain doesn't look like an Indiana basketball player on a good Indiana team, right? I mean, I think we can agree with that. And in a certain, to a certain extent, that's an indictment of him as a player. 
But I think at the same time, he's really maximizing what he's able to give you. And you look at a roster of guys that a lot of times seem to be playing below their potential. And in a lot of ways, I think Freddie's giving you what he's got. And Zach is giving you what he's got. And that's why Zach's getting 33 minutes and Freddie's getting 25 minutes is at least, you know, these last few games for Freddie, those guys are giving you what they have and kind of maxing out their ability. And so I do, to a certain extent, tip my cap to Archie for playing those guys who are earning it out there on the court because no one's stepping up and seizing those minutes. Uh, it certainly isn't a, a positive statement about the roster construction that led to this team and the development of guys within this season, and obviously injuries have contributed to that. But, you know, again, hat tip to those guys. It's not a great sign, um, but, you know, I just don't know who else you play right now because no one is certainly stepping up and stealing those minutes. So I think, Ryan, you kind of just have to go with what you said, which is just let's just roll with the other guys and give them some time, um, you know, whether they've earned it or not. You know what I'll say? It's not an indictment of them as players. It's an indictment of the rest of the team that guys who give max effort are getting playing time. I mean, those other guys should be giving max effort too. You know, I, I realize that there's different styles for guys, but, you know, look, at this point, if you're Archie Miller, you got to look at this season and you got to look at it, you know, analytically. I mean, are you going to try and scrape together as good a record as you can get this year? Or are you trying to build for the future? And I think you're trying to do, I mean, obviously you want to do both, but I think it might be, you know, we're rapidly approaching that time when you've got to start giving the younger guys more time. I mean, Josh, Justin Smith got 21 minutes tonight. Um, that's a good chunk of minutes. Al Durham, I know he wasn't great, but he only got nine. You know, I mean, I'd rather see him out on the floor than Josh Newkirk's 14. Uh, I'd rather see him out there than the Robert Johnson we saw tonight getting 35. I mean, you know, for a couple of those minutes. I'm not saying take Robert off the floor. I'm saying reduce that to 30 and give Al Durham five more minutes or something. Uh, you know, I think that you're, you're approaching the time where you've got to look at this and you've got to say, look, what are we... Are we going to keep rolling the the stone up the hill with these guys, or are we going to start, you know, trying to do something different for next year? And and at some point you got to build, and and at some point you've got to, you know, kind of, I don't want to say cut your losses with this season, but you've got to start, you know, maybe relaxing some of the minutes these older guys are getting and and, and giving them to the younger guys. That's my theory. Um, and that's the way I would do it. Uh, Zach and, and Freddie are certainly earning their minutes by playing their tails off. Um, but I, I think at some point you've got to start looking to the next, you know, group that's coming. I just think, I think you've got to be careful to maintain the standard that you're building. And so I agree. And, and, I, I totally agree. And I get why you wouldn't do what I'm suggesting. I totally get it. I'm just saying if I was in this position, I might start backing off some of the minutes you're giving to these guys, especially when you have a game where there's only one day off. You know, does Robert Johnson really need to go for 35 minutes tonight? You know, I, I get that you're trying to, as you said, maintain a standard, but, you know, 35 for him, 33 for Jawan, um, 33 for Zach. I, I think you can back those numbers off as we come down the stretch here a little bit and, and, and give some of these other guys minutes, especially when you're playing in Ohio State or a Michigan State where it may not be going well. You know, it, maybe just give some other guys a chance to, to, to play out there. Um, but at the same time, I do get wanting to keep that, that standard high. Of course, I understand. 
Andy, let me get your reaction to this. Uh, a tweet from Jake Thomer, uh, who I guess is there at the press conference. Archie was asked about the possibility of starting Devontae Green, and he says, we're searching for consistency. If Green continues to play like tonight, he'll play more. To me, I think that's a perfectly fair statement. Like, I don't think you just, again, roll the ball out to Devontae and say, no matter what, you're getting 30 minutes. But if you earn it and if you're playing hard and if you show some improved shot selection and don't turn the ball over as much and play a little bit more consistently on defense, I'll give you more playing time. That, to me, seems like kind of a perfect compromise there. Give him a little bit more leeway, you know, see what he does with it. But don't just totally say, you know, here you go. Unless you're, and, and, you know, with no uh, no consequences or standards attached to it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think the search for consistency is one that's, you know, been there for everybody all, all season. You know, again, really with the exception of Juwan Morgan and, and McRoberts, I guess, to a certain extent. Um, yeah, I mean, you just have no idea what you're getting from guys on a game in to game out basis. So to be able to go in with a, a, a recipe of I'm going to give this guy X amount of minutes is probably foolish at this point because you just have no idea how these guys are going to come out and play. And um, no, I agree. I mean, at some point, you know, the, like I said, these minutes I think are catching up with Robert Johnson, just in kind of looking through his game log since really just, these are all in January and, and bear in mind the team's played, you know, nine games over the month of January, you know, here's his minutes, 38, 38, 32, 36, 31, 35, 36, 36, 35. I mean, I, with the quick turnarounds, obviously these guys are in, you know, good shape, much younger than, than certainly any of us are. But but to expect him to continue to go out and be able to play at a high level on both ends of the floor, and some people probably argue he hasn't played at a high level uh, offensively at times, I, I just think that's a lot to ask. And so you've got to find ways to give get minutes to some of the other guys. And I agree with you that you can't have the standard because the reality is at this point in the season, I, I mean, you, you'd feel like he'd have to be especially with Clifton Moore, because I think that's the one that keeps coming up. I mean, there's no conceivable reason that you wouldn't play him if you felt like he just basically wouldn't submarine your chances to win games. And and so that kind of gives me a little bit of pause of, at this stage, the way things are going, the lack of the size on the roster, it makes me wonder, you know, what what he's doing in practice and those kinds of things, because there's really no incentive for Archie not to give him minutes at this point, other than what you said to, to kind of maintain that standard, but even as a just roll of the dice. And so that is, I don't know, kind of, uh, kind of concerning, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know, but uh, you know, that that's the one that, you know, everybody continues to bring up and it's kind of the obvious one um, to a certain extent, but I, I think it's somewhat, I, I guess I would say it's somewhat alarming equally that there really hasn't been, whatever is whatever is happening in practice is enough that like no matter the circumstances he's not getting in games you're listening to the assembly call iu post game show i'm jared morris here with andy bottoms and ryan phillips as we break down indiana's 15 point loss to ohio state so where do we go from here i mean andy obviously we kind of we talked about how if indiana was going to do anything ever get themselves back on the bubble they're going to have to win at least two of these three games right that's gone that's done uh i actually i had someone email me who does nit bracketology just to give people kind of a a little bit of an idea that must be a, fun job. A, a little bit of an idea where indiana is in in that and even there indiana was not in the field and was probably i think it was about 10 to 12 teams off the pace so indiana's got some work to do to make the postseason now 
once you get past this Michigan State game, the schedule opens up. And we talked about this in the beginning of the season. If you could just kind of keep yourself alive by by early February, you've got a chance because after the Michigan State game, you're at Rutgers. Then you've got Minnesota and Illinois both at home. Then you're at Iowa, at Nebraska. And that Nebraska game looks tougher by the day. And then you've got Ohio State at home. So you know, you look at that. I mean, of those final six games, it seems reasonable to expect that Indiana could win three or four of those games. Uh, but we'll have to see if that's even enough. So that obviously makes this game on Saturday important against Michigan State because if you could get a home win there, that would obviously be be good for the resume. Um, but you know, I don't know, Andy. Do you want to? Should we should we talk a little Michigan State here? Uh, obviously, we usually do that in the next segment, but. I guess, you know, here's the point. After a game like this, I'm struggling a little bit for storylines because we've kind of hit the main ones. And in a lot of ways, a lot of the other storylines are just too similar. I mean, we don't want to spend five minutes talking about a rough game for Josh Newkirk. We've seen it too often, you know. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, this game kind of went how we expected it to go. And the one surprise was Devontae Green. And outside of that, there's not a whole lot fresh in this game to uh, to really discuss. I, you know, I think the other thing, I guess, to touch on for a from a playing time standpoint, I guess is, you know, kind of, kind of circling back to Justin Smith a little bit. I mean, if you look at, you know, I think he's really struggled to rebound the basketball in, in recent games. I don't know if that's the reason that, you know, and that's an area where Freddie has been really good um, because I think what everybody's trying to figure out at this point is like, why wouldn't, um, you know, why wouldn't these guys not be playing more than they are? And I think Justin's been getting around 20 minutes a game, but I mean, if you look again, rebounding totals, in his last four games, you know, one zero six against Purdue, which was which was good, and, and two, um, yeah, you and know, six he, of those rebounds he had all in a group in the first half. I believe he had like four of them in yeah. a row. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that's kind of been a struggle versus you look at Freddie, and I mean his rebounding rates are really high and things like that. So I, you know, again, I think it, it and under. The circumstances now, I mean, Archie would be is lo- probably looking for reasons to play some of these guys more than than maybe they are some of the young guys because there's really again very little incentive for him to continue rolling some of these guys out. But when you look down the minutes, I mean, the guys who are playing the most are the veterans on a on a pretty consistent game to game basis, with really the exception of you know Newkirk you know missing some minutes here and there. But you know the guys who are consistently you know logging a lot of minutes are. Uh, are Morgan Johnson and and McRoberts and you know you kind of throw in tonight McSwain played twenty five which is probably as many as he's played uh, over the course of the season and it just you know I don't I don't know I mean I think you know what he's looking for I think Smith has struggled defensively I think that's an area where Clifton Moore you know saved the block shots that he's had has clearly in the in the limited minutes he's had kind of been a little bit lost in that end of the floor and so you know maybe it is just you know trying to maintain the standard and and the fact that if this team you know drops off defensively their ability to win games uh, really goes out the window with how the offense has been so I you know that's kind of my only my only theory on that and Justin I guess and the rebounding was maybe an angle of that that we hadn't touched on but yeah otherwise. You know, it feels like that's a, a good that's yeah. a good point. You saved the segment, Andy. Oh, thank God. That was that was outstanding. That yeah. was Trevor Hoffman level. Every every once in a yep. while. Yep, <laughs> Trevor Hoffman level. There it is. By the way, I missed the Mr. Padre documentary on MLB Network about Tony Gwynn to watch this game tonight. So I'm I'm a little furious. You'll have to mm-hmm. Jared, maybe in post production you can layer in some like hell's bells over that as I started to go yes. into that. Uh, By the way, started, that, that's the greatest. Why do we why do we indulge him in that's this? That's the time? greatest fault. We always bring it up. True. I mean, look, Hoffman, yeah, it's your fault. Don't blame me. I'm not Hoffman blaming myself. Was Hoffman was the first closer to have an entrance song and he picked the best one. Nobody ever matched Tells Bells. That was unbelievable. Enter Sandman was pretty good. 
it, it was great, but it wasn't Hell's Bells. Hell's Bells, that slow bell tolling as he like slowly jogged out to the field. Oh, man. Yeah, that'll, that'll give you goosebumps every time. All right. Coming up in our final segment of the Assembly Call, we rank our favorite relief pitchers of all time. We talk about our favorite walk-up music. No, just kidding. Uh, we hand out our game balls. We look ahead to Indiana's next opponent, Michigan State, coming up this weekend. And then we deliver our final thoughts on another Indiana road loss in last call. That is next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms, and we are wrapping up our breakdown of Indiana's loss to Ohio State. Ryan, maybe we should start doing Hell's Bells before your rant every show. Oh, man, if you can get the rights to it. <laughs> oh, that would be it. That would be awesome. Oh, we have to, we have to get the rights to stuff? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I think for if it's like a short spurt, if it's a short little snippet, I think you can do it. Get our lawyer on the phone. Okay, I will. That's coming up. Uh, but first, Game Balls. Uh, Andy, why don't you go first with your game ball tonight? Um, boy, so many, so many great options to pick from in a, in a game like this. Uh, you know, I, I think for me, it, it probably has to be Devante. Um, I, especially just be, for him to be able to bounce back in the way that he did after only playing four minutes. You, you know, I think he's been a guy who at times coming off of games where he, he, he doesn't play a lot. He kind of presses a little bit to make, make too many things happen. I thought he played really under control tonight, had a lot of nice passes, Probably could have had even more assists if not for some of the struggles finishing around the rim, um, and and you know picked his spots well offensively, and so I thought that was a, you know a good step forward for him. Like no different than the team where you kind of feel like they take a step forward in the game. I mean, it's only as good as their ability to to build on it the the game after. Um, but I thought it was a, a really positive step for him, and I think you know that Illinois game. You know, there was a lot of discussion around whether he was, was he good? Was he bad? Uh, was he, you know, what, what, where did he really fall? I think a lot of people had different opinions on that and really didn't play enough in the Purdue game to, to see whether he was able to, to build on some of that. But I thought tonight was a good step for him. And I think, um, you know, as Archie said, opens the door for him to get some more minutes. And, uh, I think it's something I'm, I'm content seeing, particularly from him based on, based on what he's shown and what this team really needs. I'm going to give my game ball to Juwan Morgan, uh, because again, I don't want to risk, taking him for granted and this wasn't a vintage performance 15 points 16 boards and, and really kind of fell off in the second half as the fatigue got him I think uh, but he still I mean in the first half was was what Indiana had and they went to him and he made some nice plays and I, you know I tweeted out at one point I've decided what I'm going for is Halloween for next year and I'm going as the 2017-18 Indiana Hoosiers without Juwan Morgan and I haven't yet figured out how that will look in costume form but I'm, but I'm going to go around Bloomington and it will scare the hell out of people when they open up the door. <laughs> I guarantee you that. So he gets my game ball. Uh, Ryan, over to you, your game ball for tonight. You know, I'm, I'm on a roll with Freddie McSwain, but I'm going to pass it up and go with Devontae Green tonight um, because I've been talking about how I think uh, Devontae has the potential to be this kind of guy. I mean, obviously, I don't expect 20 points every night, but the fact that he played 30, I, mean, I thought the biggest factor for him was 30 minutes and no turnovers. Forget the points and the three-point shooting. I thought it was 30 minutes, no turnovers. He played under control. He did his Devontae Green thing where he was sort of searching for gaps in the defense you know, and, and dribbling a lot. 
but he wasn't irresponsible with the basketball, which is huge for him because that's a huge part of the problem with his game is how irresponsible he is with the basketball. You know, the, his his uncanny ability to waste possessions. Um, but I'll, I, I got to give him credit for playing a much better game tonight, much more under control. And then, you know, showing that he can hit shots and, and showing that he's got the confidence to be a shot maker at times, something that a lot of the guys on this team don't have. I thought you were going to go with Clifton Moore for his hypothetical performance. Yeah, he would have been great tonight. Minutes. He would have been great. In my dreams, he was fantastic. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk. Let, let's look ahead a little bit, Andy. Uh, we don't need to go too in-depth on Michigan State, I suppose, because we just talked about them a couple of weeks ago, and you know the personnel is the same. It's the same team that blitzed us in East Lansing that is coming into Simon Scott Assembly Hall, and, and that is a big difference. I mean, Indiana has – I mean, they play everybody better at home, but we've certainly played Michigan State in particular much better at home uh, recently, are there any reasons besides that to expect that the result will be different uh, on Saturday when Indiana plays Michigan State? Uh, well, I mean, they, they certainly got off to a slow start at Maryland on on Sunday, and then they really blitzed them coming out of the locker room and and played really well in the second half, won the game. Um, it, you know, I think the couple things that that probably play in their factor, you know, one on the court, one one off is, you know, they, they continue to turn the ball over at a pretty high rate. Um, their last or no, not quite last. They're 11th in the big 10 in, um, in turnover rate offensively. So that's an area where IU has had some success. And I think that's a way they could get momentum and, and ideally get some easy baskets against, uh, you know, against a team with so much length inside and, and against the team that IU really struggled against when they, they played, you know, less than two weeks ago. I think that's one potential area. And, 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 Certainly, without getting into all the specifics of what's going on there, uh, I you know you have to think that's wearing on these guys a little bit. I think it was, uh, I think it was Cassius Winston that actually probably had. Uh, I think I forget who was talking about this. Um, I, it might have been uh, Riggs from from Barstool on his uh, his podcast, but um, I think Cassius Winston probably out of anybody at Michigan State had some of the most kind of thoughtful words after it, and 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 kind of talking about that. So you know that it's. Uh, a situation that's impacting these guys to a certain extent. So maybe there's a, a distraction factor. And you know, the other thing for them is that they just don't have, and I wrote about this in my, my bracket projections today, the big 10 with so few teams being any good. Um, there aren't a lot of chances for quality wins um, down the stretch. And so for a team like Michigan state, who's really trying to get their seed uh, improved, there's a lot more landmines, I think, than, um, you know, than there, than there really are chances for quality wins and so maybe they maybe they slip up um you know kind of get lulled into you know the way they've played and really kind of dominated so many people in in recent weeks um maybe maybe they you know slip up coming into that game but uh certainly will be another another challenge i think a good thing for iu is at least get a few days of rest um probably the most days in between games i've had in a little while so uh hopefully they can regroup a little bit actually get some practice because i think that's the thing that suffered the most during this stretch is just not being able to practice um, yeah with these you know one day prep times Ryan, some important developments in the chat. Uh, BG2E says, Enter Sandman, better song and closer. Uh, I have to agree with him there. Scott Love. Uh, not the better entrance song, though, for a closer. I'm sorry. <laughs> Scott Love. Go watch. Go. You watch every single play. Ryan's got to die on this hill, everybody. There's no reason to try to him. No, I, I agree that Rivera was the better closer. There's no question there. But I, I will say that every... 
opponent who faced Trevor Hoffman says that's the best entrance song. You can watch the documentary on him. Uh, you can go on YouTube and watch highlights of it. It was pretty amazing. It was it was a, kind of an amazing thing. Uh, Scott Love, our longtime listener, says Ryan Tony Gwynnis's favorite pure hitter of all time. So throwing he is the greatest pure hitter since uh, Ted Williams. Throwing a little red meat your way that way. But here's the funniest thing, and it had me laughing over here. A couple of people started to throw out some other potential. Uh, Indiana 2017-18 inspired Halloween costumes, which might make a fun segment on Simply Call Radio someday. But Jonathan Goodman, who was the NIT analyst that I mentioned, uh, who emailed me earlier today, he said, go as Zach McRoberts and die for loose candy. And for some reason, just thought of that. That visual is just making me laugh. <laughs> just, you know, tapping the Snickers bar out so that someone else can get it. Not taking it for yourself, but tapping it out so someone else can get it. Oh. <sighs> Just walk up to people who have candy and slap it. Yeah. So it goes flying in the air and kids all scramble for it. Someone opens the door, you get up in their grill. I mean, you're all over them. You know, you're deflecting it out, saving a little bit for later. I mean, yeah, that, that would likely end you up in prison, but only for a night. I mean, totally worth it, right? Uh, totally worth it. Okay. Uh, you are listening to an off the rails final segment of the Assembly Call IU post game show. These are the kind of things that happen when you're, what are we, 12 and 10 now? Uh, yeah. Here as we go down the stretch, another rough road loss for the uh, for the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, but remember that because you are an Assembly Call listener, you get 15% off of your entire order when you go to HoosierProud.com. So if you want officially licensed IU gear, one of our Assembly Call logo t-shirts, or one of Hoosier Proud's unique Indiana-inspired designs, visit HoosierProud.com and use the promo code ASSEMBLY at checkout. That is HoosierProud.com, promo code ASSEMBLY for 15% off of your entire order. Well, you know me. I'm Jared Morris. You know these guys, Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. It is time for last call. Uh, Ryan, why don't you go first so that you can then go watch YouTube videos of Trevor Hoffman and Tony Gwynn as quickly as I mean, possible. I just want to do every night before bed, <laughs> cry myself to sleep. Um, I just think that, again, tonight we just saw a team that isn't there yet and a team that needs certain players in certain positions that they just don't have and you need certain things from this team that you're not going to get and it's not going to change this year and and, and it's it's gotten to the point where we may need to do a show where we where we look at and update the seasons that all of the incoming recruits are happening are having just so we can feel good about <laughs> the future and and um, so we can feel it, alive again that's all we really yeah just uh, i mean i i don't feel i have no emotions anymore i'm getting complaints from family members i'm just numb at all times. go go to inside the hall.com read the recent comments from tim langford it'll make you feel better that's all i'm saying positive comments um things are trending in a good direction so yeah i i would i would just uh I would just say that, you know, for people, is this is going to be a rough year for all of us. It is. Um, but at least there's the future to look forward to. I feel like we haven't seen the best that this staff and this team can give us. And and, and I think that you're going to start to see that with some of these new guys get on campus and, and, and with some of these younger guys playing well. I mean, you look at Justin Smith tonight. Uh, and one thing that really encouraged me was he was definitely he he didn't have a great game, but he was not afraid to go up against those Ohio State guys, and he was hanging in there with them and battling. wasn't his best game. He's going to learn a lot from from what happened tonight. But I, I, you know, he just looks like a guy who's going to be a big deal in Indiana. And I think you could say the same. Devonte Green showed flashes of the player he could become, and and again. That's huge for Indiana. So um, it's it, it, at this point, I hate moral victories. I'm not calling for a moral victory. This was an awful game to watch. I had no fun doing it. Um, 
But at the same time, I think that there was, uh, there's hope for this program and you look forward and, and there's really a lot that, that will be coming in. And I think that what will be returning will also help. So I think that, uh, you know, there are things you can look forward to while not exactly accepting a loss. Andy Bottoms, your team is playing in the Super Bowl next weekend. Yeah. That'll, that'll get you through some of these cold late January evenings. It will. I'm going to go into that with similarly low expectations as I went into tonight's game. I'm just hoping that I'll be more pleasantly surprised than uh, than I was tonight. Uh, you know, I, 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 think, I think Philadelphia is going to win. I'm just going to throw that out there. I mean, anytime you, you have a chance to back Nick Foles in a game against Tom Brady, I, I think you have to do it. So it makes sense. Um, you know, this, this just given the amount of games and, and the amount of time that, that have played, how thin this roster is, I, you know, it just felt like one of these kinds of performances was, was inevitable. Um, I think they were winning in spite of themselves in a couple of these games, as we talked about before, uh, the Purdue game just really ended up being overmatched, didn't play well down the stretch. And I, I thought tonight was just the, you know, that all kind of took its toll. Uh, on them against a tough team that doesn't take anything away from Ohio State and and they've done a really good job of 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 switching up you know kind of changing the narrative on on how they you know reviewed coming into the season I think they deserve a lot of credit for that and um and you know I just I just don't I, I don't know there's a whole lot else to say it, other than that because it, it simply you know was a tough environment for IU to to turn around and play in given the given the timing and, and given the minutes these guys are playing and and so uh, you know, I guess, you know, kind of the, the enduring thing for me is looking at Juwan Morgan again. I know you sent out something about, you know, what, what plays were working well, um, for IU this year and, and, you know, kind of talked about how prevalent he was in those. And I thought, again, you saw a guy tonight that was just, just kind of got frustrated. I think at one point got warned by the referee cause he kind of flipped the ball back at the referee after he made a basket in the first half. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what else he was supposed to do with the wall ball, but you could just tell he was just incredibly frustrated and, and still trying to play through it. And, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll eventually look back on the season for a lot of things being the first year of the Archie Miller era, but I think, you know, I'm just continuing to enjoy how watching him play and, uh, you know, Zach McRoberts and guys like that. And, and I thought those guys really brought it tonight as best they could given the circumstances. And, and again, I don't think the result was all that surprising, unfortunately. And, and we'll just, uh, you know, see what happens on Saturday. Hopefully they can regroup a little bit, um, get a little bit of energy. And, and I think a win there would do wonders for their confidence going down the stretch of the season, where, as you said, they have a lot of winnable games. So I think it, you know, becomes a big turning point. I think if they can come out, play well, uh, ideally get a win, then it, it maybe becomes a springboard to a, a solid finish to the season. If not, you know, at that point, then you've lost four straight and five out of six. Uh, I think all bets are off of what might what might happen down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this game, Andy, like you said, I mean, it went pretty much as you would expect. I think we all thought Indiana was going to come out and struggle early. They did. And once they got down, this Indiana team just doesn't have the firepower to come back. I mean, when you can't make three pointers, you're not going to come back. And to Devontae Green's credit, he tried, you know, and he was able to make some uh, threes that kind of gave Indiana the, the smallest of semblances of hope uh, there in the second half. But uh, this Indiana team just doesn't have the depth. They don't have the talent uh, for games like this on these quick turnarounds to be able to go win these games right now. And that is absolutely kind of in a macro sense for what Indiana basketball should be a horrible indictment of where the program is. And it's worth hanging your head over and worth being disappointed over in kind of the micro sense of trying to be fair with expectations for this particular group at this particular time. You know, there was nothing that was too shocking uh, about this game. 
And now, Andy, as you said, you know, you look forward to Saturday. You you look toward a good performance against a really good team that may be buoyed by the Simon Scott Assembly Hall crowd, and maybe Devontae Green plays well, and someone else steps up and shoots well, and maybe Colin Hartman can come back and give you a boost. Who knows? You know, maybe you can go out and find a way to just fight and scratch and claw and steal a win there, you know, where you couldn't get one against Purdue. Maybe you can do that and, and kind of get something going down the stretch. Uh, but I just think you have to continue with this team, even though the season continues to look more and more lost and, and postseason play seems further and further away by the game. You have to continue to look at the little things for progress. You know, otherwise, there's just not a whole lot of reason to be watching these games if all the all your focus is just on you know, win or lose, you know, wins and losses and just can this team get to the NCAA tournament? I think you got to look a little bit deeper and you got to look to some of the smaller things for progress and the kinds of things that, you know, none of this stuff's going to matter this season. But what is it that we see in this game that two years from now we look back on and say, hey, you know, I remember that. That was kind of a building block. You know, when Justin Smith, you know, learned to absorb contact and make a bucket, you know, that was kind of a big moment. Hey, remember when Devontae Green had, you know, two two out of, you know, two road games in a row where he actually played pretty well? And look what he's doing now. We kind of saw the seeds for that then. And that's, you know, that's kind of what you're looking for, I think, in, in, in games like this and as we go down the rest of the season. So we will certainly try to uh, structure our shows to point those things out, as we always try to do. Uh, and, and I think that's what kind of helps you get through some of these more difficult seasons some, and some of these more difficult games. And, and it's the big difference between last year and this year. Last year, we went through these games and it just felt like there was no hope that it was a death march to the end. And you start looking to the future and there really wasn't a whole lot of hope for that to get better. And I think now with a new coach and a new direction and a lot of things that we can believe in, granted, you know, some of the things, the free throw shooting and some of the other stuff uh, has, hasn't been all that encouraging. But for the most part, seeing the improvement with turnovers, the improvement with defense, all that stuff, uh, it is encouraging for the future, certainly the performances of the recruits. So I would say keep your eye trained on that. Obviously, we want to win as many games as we can, find as much progress as we can. Uh, but you know, this game, this loss, a disappointing one, but not altogether uh, that surprising, given all the circumstances uh, that were there coming into it. All right, that'll do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Remember that our live broadcasts immediately following every IU game are always available on our homepage at assemblycall.com and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And you can always catch up on demand anytime with our podcast. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join to join our free email newsletter. You will get our six banner Sunday news roundups. You will get our post-game analysis emails that come the morning after every game. And when I write blog posts like I did earlier today that kind of dive deep into the stats uh, and give you uh, an advanced look at you know kind of some of the individual play types that are working and some that aren't. It's pretty deep stuff. You got to be a pretty diehard fan to be interested in that stuff. But I think it was pretty insightful uh, data. We send those out via email, too. So you'll make sure that you get that and don't have to be checking our blog every day. Uh, so assemblycall.com slash join is the URL there. All righty. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you again on Saturday. No, we will talk to you again Thursday for Assembly Call Radio. And then again on Saturday for IU Michigan State. Till then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. 
And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support the assembly call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show, we appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client.